podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cheryl Smith writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay. The boot is away. And it's gone. Well, welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. This is the voice of the People's Champ. That is Jeremy Gillen, and we are serving it up hot today, Tick, uh, talking some Texas Tech volleyball. Actually, I should say undefeated, undeniable, indescribable, indestructible maybe, the 6-0 and Texas Tech volleyball team. And to do this team and the landscape of Tech Podcast Justice, I had to get my girl, Miss Girl Power, Kenzie Garcia herself on here. Kenzie, who is, how the hell are you? Tell us what's going on. Uh, I mean, I'm obviously not in my apartment right now. I am beautiful hotel in Las Vegas, just taking it in. Uh, just watched my Las Vegas Aces advance the WNBA final. So we're in selling mode. It's Tuesday. Who cares? It's Vegas, right? Yeah, I mean, who cares? Uh, what do you got there you're sipping on? Casually cap off? Uh, just a, a nice little bottle of champagne. It's actually probably the worst champagne I've ever had in my life, but it was also $11. So, I mean, <laughs> it is hey, what it the is, worst right? champ- You know, but it, it just goes down easier when you're headed to the uh, WNBA Finals, right? Sure does. Sure, sure does. <laughs> sure does. Uh, okay. Um, but we're here to talk about volleyball. So... First of all, I know, uh, Kinsey, I know you had a couple of things you wanted to bring up uh, before we get started with this pod. So I'm gonna give the floor to you for a little bit. Uh, get the we got the pregame jitters out. You got your you got your Las Vegas stuff out. Uh, what like let's let's get down to brass tacks here. No, yeah, I, I appreciate it. That was not my planned open, but you know when life gets chaotic, you you make lemonade. I don't know. Anyways, I just I, I mean I I just wanted to shout out our followers on Twitter because. Since we've been getting more involved with volleyball and tweeting the games and, you know, live tweeting and retweeting videos, you guys are interacting. And, like, that's that's amazing. You're hitting the retweet button. You guys are watching the streams. This is how we grow the game. And, like, these these players definitely appreciate this. And, I mean, I'm going to say it. We we have the best listeners out there. I mean, no Tino Shade to the other pods. Just straight up facts. So, it's it, it just it means a lot that I think we kind of created some of this energy and you guys are feeding off of it. And, you know, we're starting to grow some positive momentum with the sport. And then my next thing is to call out these Texas Tech media personalities. I see you blue check marks out there. You're starting to retweet the scores. You're starting to quote tweet, say it was a great game. Show me you watched. I want to see you live tweet. I want to see that you actually paid attention to the game. I appreciate that you're getting involved. You're you're supporting the volleyball team, but you know what? Be there. It's all the same double T. Watch the games. Get involved. Support the team. Absolutely. I love that. All the same double T. We've been saying it for a while. Uh, it's just it's hot and heavy there. There we go. Uh, well, let's let's talk about this Texas Tech volleyball team everybody should pay attention to, right? We, we had a preview earlier on uh, a couple weeks ago talking about um, – kind of this non-conference and what it looks like, right? So Texas Tech actually started their season on the road at Notre Dame. Uh, big big name, a uh, very household name, right? Picked up a season-opening win courtesy of double-doubles from Kenneth Sauer and Reese Rhodes. Now, the Fighting Irish never looked comfortable offensively, and they broke 20 points only once in their loan. It was 25-18 set win. Um, 
in that in that travel, they made easy work of both Milwaukee and then came home to Lubbock to beat Charlton State. They swept the Panthers and the Irish at the uh, they swept the Panthers and the Irish uh, at that Invitational, and they swept the Texans here in Lubbock at the home opener. And I gotta say, uh, no blue check, but I was there. Um, <laughs> uh, let me tell you. If there was a lot more people than I expected to be there, there's a lot of seats still open. So, hey, next game, if you can't make it, I'll buy you a ticket. We'll get to that later. Hey, um, hey. But, the, yeah, yeah, why not? Hey, we're making that money. Um, but here's the thing is that I had a really good time at the game. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of focus on the team. You know, I think one of the things as a collegiate athlete, you do really hope for that home crowd. You do really hope for that support. Uh, from the university and as far as social media goes like it's really good to see support pouring out in social media Uh, but there are certain um, there are limits to that right because when you get when you get finally on that court uh, especially at home and you know the showing is really not substantiated it's 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 a bit demoralizing Uh, but I still man they brought the energy and this this Texas Tech team they bring their they, they they are self-powered um it's like this little nuclear power plant that i don't care what's going on outside of this we are just bustling with energy so um here there after the first three matches i mean where is your headspace with this team because you i mean three no yeah i mean i i think with early power five games if it's any texas tech team you're kind of like you just don't really know what you're going to get. Like football with NC State, you're just like, eh. We were calling it an auto well. Maybe it's different now. I don't know. But, you know, Salima Rockwell, I mean, she's a first-year head coach, but her team was the, – the, the Irish were ready to play. They were all over the place. They had lots of energy. But I think at the end of the day, the quality of, of the Red Raiders, just the, that shined through. And when you have four different players finish with double-digit digs, like defensively, you're just – you're rejecting everything that your opponent is trying to spike at you. It's going to be tough regardless, but with the offensive firepower that we have, it's, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. But to me, the defense has been super encouraging. And I mean, Maddie Correa hadn't even really heated up yet. I was kind of looking at her in those first few matches and was like, uh, like she's, she hasn't really been playing that strong. I was wrong. She, she got hot. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll get to that. Maddie Correa. Well, I mean, that's that's a good name. Let's put a pin in that. We'll come back to that one later. Uh, super important. Um, so let's actually, so, you know, Texas Tech took another road trip, right? We love traveling, apparently, and it's something I talked about earlier, but we traveled again to the Eastern Time Zone. We had three matches on deck uh, at the Bulldog Invitational in Athens, um, Georgia. Uh, Kenneth Sowers, 15 kills and 12 digs led the team to a quick sweep against uh, the College of Charleston to open the tournament. You know, no big deal. First, you fly into Athens. Everybody's really excited. And then they get to business and they take care of they take care of it against Charleston. No biggie. Um, but then turn around. Uh, that was on Friday. So you turn around, wake up on Saturday, and you hit an early game uh, against uh, Charlotte in the morning. You lost the. You lose your first set. They actually lost their first set of the season um, after the 49ers won their first set, 25-20. However, the sheer talent of this team, like you're saying, uh, just really showed as the match continued. Tech's ability to overwhelm teams offensively uh, led to three straight wins and that victory over Charlotte. So, uh, tournament. It was like two-day tournament. It's the worst thing in my mind because that means that they're going to stack up games on one day. 
And so you had Charlotte in the morning, and then the nightcap against Georgia was the interesting one. Uh, I mentioned it on the last pod that travel is gonna like would impact this team. Fatigue, like it just it, it's it's the beast of burden with tournament games like this. It's the thing you're afraid of. You know who are you playing against late? Um, you know what's the status of the team? How long? Have, and these were these were games that were kind of a little bit extended, right? So it wasn't like quick sweeps and then we're just chilling. Like they they fought for these wins, and so when they come up and they play Georgia, uh, you know every set back and forth back and forth highly contested and the gym just out in Athens was electric and so and I think I thought about this earlier um you know you have this up-and-coming Texas Tech team that is very much you know accruing a lot of interest from other teams with the way that you know they're they're still undefeated and so they're going to continue to garner that interest from other teams uh as this you know not this like big 12 powerhouse by any means but certainly becoming a dark horse and what is one of the best things in like college athletics is knocking off a dark horse. <laughs> and so Georgia, certainly no powerhouse themselves. They're kind of filling that middling SEC team wanting to be at the upper echelon of that conference. Uh, so for Georgia, you're at home. You're at the end of a long tournament. And you get a power five team um, right ahead of you who's, who's traveled, who's traveled a lot in their non-con already. Uh, and they're probably getting pretty tired. They've had a couple extended series so this is your chance, and this is, and you know, I think Georgia fans really were aware of that. Uh, the team is certainly aware of that. Here's an opportunity to take care of a dark horse and then solidify yourself. Okay, hey, we beat one of those Big Twelve teams who's probably really, you know, they'd say really nice things about it if they beat them, of course. Um, but like, this is one of those Big Twelve teams you can get ahead of. Well, uh, back and forth, highly contested, electric. Even so, even so, and uh, I'll be honest, I was at the football game. And Kinsey is texting me like mad. <laughs> what is going on? You will not believe. Like, oh, Kinsey's putting the team on her back. Oh, this. Oh, that. Um, like the Raider, the Texas Tech gets out with a three-to-one match victory, and it was to the ropes. It was it was a grind. And this team dug deep, found that energy, and I think Kinsey put it eloquently in our texts. Like Georgia just got. Oh, Georgia was just drained. And so Texas Tech was going up when Georgia was coming down. And that's the worst thing that can happen uh, for your team, right, is that this team that you thought was going to be tired is getting all this energy. And so Sauer, Cooper, Canis uh, uh, all had double-digit kills. And then Maddie Correa, there's that name again, team-leading 18 digs came at crucial moments in the match. It was, it was kismet. Kenzie, you predicted this team to go undefeated, right? Are they living up to that expectation? I mean, when they lost that first set against Charlotte, I kind of, I got nervous. I kind of, like you said, I mean, they've, they've been traveling a lot. It's a lot, you know, airplanes, it's just, it wears you down. Ask Dylan about that. But <laughs> I thought the fatigue might've been setting in against Charlotte. I figured they were still going to pull that out. But the Georgia game, I think when you look at that, it's, it's a great test for this team, considering, like you said, it was an electric crowd. The energy was really high. But I kind of think that energy can only carry you so far. And again, the talent of this team, just like Notre Dame, came through for them when they needed it. I mean, it was just, it, it's just amazing to watch this team do what they do. And I, I, I just think that naturally offensive kill share has a lot to do with 
with how well this team is playing and how they're going to win in 2022. But the defensive work, especially against Georgia, was incredible. There was there was this rally in the third set where Maddie Correa was just like, she was living on the ground. And mm. every single time Georgia went up to spike the ball, she was there. And it you just, I mean, if you're Georgia, you're just like, what? what am I supposed to do? What do I do at this point? And sure enough, it turned into a big point for tech. And that kind of felt like the moment where they captured the momentum and, and, and they were taken off. And I, I do want to obviously three players and double digit kills is amazing. But at the end of the day, Maddie Correa was the star of the show for me in this game and the star of the tournament. I mean, we need a little Maddie Correa buzzer because we said her name a lot in this pod. Like <laughs> every time we do a little dinger, we need to put a little dinger over the top. But I mean, there's a reason, right? Speaking of Maddie Correa, the Big 12, uh, we're recording this at the end of a Tuesday. You know, the Big 12 handed out their weekly awards, and Maddie's on the list, Defensive Player of the Week, uh, by the conference, for the conference, uh, and in the conference. And, like, this is the first of her career. And like you said, earlier on the season, you're kind of wondering, man, you know, what kind of, what kind of role is Maddie going to fill out? And this invitation on Athens was, like, a crucial example of her ability and her uh just everything she brings to the table, right? Yeah, I mean, she she like I said, she was the catalyst defensively against Georgia and I really I'm really not sure if 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 we win that match without the epic effort that she was putting in and the epic momentum she took away from the Bulldogs and when Tech goes offensively heavy and KJ Adams is off the floor, Maddie has been an absolute rock. She has been unbelievable. She has been there. She's covering the floor. This award is is certainly well-deserved, and hopefully it's the first of many for her. Yeah, honestly. But you know what? The past is the past. Maddie, it's going to be a what have you done for me lately, so you have to do it again. <laughs> um, just joking. It's super awesome. Uh, all the acc- uh, accolades to you guys, to you and to the whole team, honestly. Uh, but while the Red Raiders are undefeated, there are still games to play. And the biggest challenge of this non-conference schedule is coming ahead, right? We have the uh, Adidas Invitational in Houston coming up. And so you're going to be opening the tournament against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, face your reigning Ivy League champion, Brown, uh, on Saturday. And you're closing out against a tournament host, uh, Rice, on uh, Sunday. So, I mean, we spoke about it on the preview pod, right? The Rice Owls are uh, perhaps the best opponent on the radar for Texas Tech, they're still receiving notes, uh, votes in national polls. Excuse me. Speak a little bit about this tournament and what we can expect from this team, because this is, hey, guess what? We're on, we're on the road again. Well, I think the first thing you kind of look at, AM Corpus Christi. That that one's for the birds. That's that's the an stinker. easy win. They're gonna <laughs> mow right over them. Sorry, sorry, Islanders. You're you're done. Um, Brown's been kind of a letdown. I think a lot of people were were excited for them to potentially win the Ivy League again. They took a home loss to Air Force, who is not not particularly good. It went to five sets. It was a tough grinded out game. That's not really a good look for for a team that has to go into a tournament where you gotta play Rice and Texas Tech. I just don't know if they're gonna have enough energy to pull it out. Mm. Rice, on the other hand, um, they've been just as advertised. Uh, they swept the Tiger Classic down in Baton Rouge. That's wins over Houston and LSU. And anytime you can get a P5 win on the road, that's really nice. That looks great on your schedule. Um, I would say the more impressive outing was the fact that they went to number 18, Oregon. And they pushed it to five sets. And they almost won in five sets. I think they only lost by like two points. So they were right on the heels of, of a top 25, top 20 team on the road. 
So this is going to be a, a tough one. Uh, offensively, I think they're a little bit susceptible. Uh, they only have a two, four, six attacking percentage and tech absolutely batting down Georgia. I think they were hitting 0.319 and they hit like 0.221. So I think tech's defense is going to cause a lot of problems. I think really at the end of the day, is the energy in the gym going to be enough? We handled it at Notre Dame. We handled it at Georgia. I think we're going to wind up handling it Rice. I think the defense is going to play well. I think the offense is going to overwhelm, and I think we're going to go 9-0. and Dang. Well, you got to, I mean, to stick with your guns, right? You start off with undefeated. Yeah. There's, it makes no sense for you to back out of that now, right? <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. I was close to, I mean, I can't remember if I said for sure or not. I knew that Georgia would be concerning, and guess what? They were. Uh, Rice is better than Georgia. <laughs> By by a good mile. Um, man, you know, I look at this Adidas tournament. Yeah, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, stinkers. Bye. Uh, the Brown <laughs> game is interesting to me because although they lose to Air Force, like, this is still a team that you have to respect. Uh, it's a team that did win the Ivy League last year. It's a team that is looking to do the same this year. Uh, whether people are feeling hot on that or not, uh, I'm sure in their hearts, that's what that's that's number one like that's their priority and so they're probably looking for an opportunity to bounce back and this adidas invitational comes uh this adidas tournament comes up at the right time for them you get you get a chance to get a a p5 school and a strong uh, rice team so it may be an opportunity for them uh but again i'm kind of not really worried about that game i just i'm worried that it'll kind of drag out uh that it'll be kind of the opposite like us the way that they played Air Force is the way we're going to end up playing them. You know, we'll drag it out to five sets, and it'll be a long kind of grind. And then we have to play Rice. Like, why can't we play the good teams of the tournament first, first right? Why can't we just do that <laughs> right, first? Right, I agree wholeheartedly. Let's, let's get off the plane and be like, you know what? Ugh, stretch it up and let's go. Uh, no, we got to freaking <laughs> we got to get through the mini bosses, and then we get to the old the big boss. And so <laughs> that's frustrating. But I mean, if there's a team that has proven that they can do that this season. It's a, it's a Coach Greystone team, right? And so Rice is an excellent volleyball team. They did do super well on that invitational, man. Um, but here's the thing. Texas Tech, I think, is just better. And Texas Tech, like you said, it, not only offensively, but defensively is a really strong team that ruins momentum. Matty Correa, obviously a big part of that. But other, like uh, KG Adams, you had uh, uh, Carrington. I'm trying to think of all the people who got like blocks and just destroyed momentum uh, for Georgia late there in that set. Like it, the 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 defensive ability to shut down or to lock down, excuse me. Uh, you gotta you gotta count that in. So I think that this would be another. Still worried about the Rice game. I'm just gonna say it um, because it's at the end. But I think that like there's a real, very real possibility that you you end up nine and zero heading into the. Um, uh, Texas Tech heading to Texas Tech Classic, I think it's called. Um, yeah, so I mean, but we would. So speaking of people, I mean, we'd be remiss, right? We would be uh, speckledorfed if we did not give a <laughs> shout out to both Kinnisauer and Reagan Cooper, both reaching uh, 500 career kills. Uh, that, that milestone against Georgia the other night. Uh, Reagan actually has one more year of eligibility, so she could build on her legacy, right? Potentially landing on the program's all-time top 10 kills list. Um, what? Good grief. Like, are we are we just star-studded, Kenzie? What is going on? 
I mean, there there is a ton of talent on this team. And speaking of that ton of talent, a talent that we did not mention. We were texting about this during the Tarleton State game the other day. We did we said absolutely nothing about Reese Rhodes. This is mm. this should be a Reese Rhodes apology podcast because she slipped through the cracks. It's a travesty. It's our fault. Reese, if you're listening, we know you're <laughs> listening. We are sorry for letting you slip through the cracks. She's been unbelievable for this team. She's had two double-doubles already. Uh, She's filled the void left by Alex Kirby unbelievably. I mean, she's far exceeding expectations, just like Maddie. She's only a sophomore. And she just, it's, it's, I think the way she operates is so quiet on Mm. both the offense and defensive end. You just forget that she's there because she's doing things so nicely. You're waiting for the kill from Kenna or you're waiting for the kill from Maddie or whoever you just don't see how well she's setting everything up and she's there defensively getting digs. It's, it, it's, it's unbelievable. So I, I will say that with Reese and Maddie, both being sophomores, the presence they bring to the floor is, is insane. And I think the coaching staff is, is incredibly lucky knowing that they have this young core. That's really nice defensively. They can set up well offensively and they can kind of turn their attention to, the offensive attack when we lose Kenna and Brooke and Carrington. So I think you have to feel really great about the, about the young pieces of this team. Absolutely. Well, talking about Reese, I, uh, so, uh, follow KJ Adams on Instagram and, uh, she had posted a video. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, I think it was after they get the final point or they make a really big block against Georgia and KJ is like getting super excited uh, Reese uh, is like doing this kind of 180. She's gonna do that, like you know, like I'm gonna absolutely like fist, you know, fist the sky, fist pump the sky uh, through the heavens or whatever. Like just everybody's super excited. Well, uh, when Reese turns around, really what she's punching is KJ's face, like literally <laughs> bodies. KJ, <laughs> is there a what? video of this? I'll, I'll have to. I'll reach out to. I'll reach out to KJ and see if she can get that to us. Literally 180 and just, and then instant, instant, that instant regret, you know, the face goes from sheer joy to what have I just done? Uh, KJ is such a good sport about it, but yeah, absolutely bodies her. Um, so just, you know, excellent on all parts of the floor, both in and out of the game. Reese Rhodes is your girl. Uh, I think, but I think you said it best, Kenzie. This is an exciting team, right? This is an exciting team that is really doing all the small things right. Uh, I know culturally maybe volleyball isn't on most people's radars out here, uh, but your women's team is working their ass off to elevate Texas Tech, and we should we should all really appreciate and get behind that. I mean, if we're going to get crazy about our meat judging team winning national championships, why wouldn't we get crazy about a volleyball team, team trying to do the same, right? Uh, that's my box. Uh, your women's team returns to Lubbock for a great home tournament starting on the 15th, and tickets, again, are so cheap. If you can't buy one, reach out to us, and we will save you some seats by us. I'll, spend, I'll get some money at the will call. You can meet me there. Uh, we'll, we'll look real shady together handing off tickets. <laughs> oh, we'll go inside and sit down and have, have a Coke or whatever. Um, Kenzie, do you have uh, anything else you want to say before you sign off and possibly disappear into the night? <laughs> it's going it's going to be a wild night out here wild tuesday um no i mean you you hit the nail right on the head i think this is this is a really exciting time for this volleyball program and you can see the energy there's other athletes on campus there's like the football account is tweeting about them the basketball account is tweeting about them don't get left behind 
I'm just trying to tell you guys. I've been trying to tell you guys since last year. I had to tell Albie. I had to tell everybody the momentum it's gathering. It's starting to snowball. It's going to go downhill. You want to be in that snowball. You don't want to be at the bottom waiting for it. So get on board. Get on board. Don't get left behind. Oh, yeah. If there's anything that's off, if there's one thing that's just terrible, is getting left behind, right? Um, and that's oh, not yeah. a terrible ad. Uh, I'm just That's just honest, right? That's honest to God. <laughs> uh, for Kinsey, this is Jeremy, and you have been listening to the best damn podcast in the land, official podcast of Red Raider Sports and the part of the 1012 Network. That is Tortillas and Takes. Stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.